Welcome to the DNVGL Talks Energy podcast series. Electrification, rise of renewables and new technologies supported by more data and IT systems are transforming the power system. Join us each week as we discuss these changes with guests from around the industry. Welcome to a new episode of DNVGL Talks Energy. My guest today is Frank Vité, the Managing Director of Blue SG, and we want to talk about electric vehicle car sharing. Welcome, Frank. Yes, absolutely. Uh, thank you, Matthias. Thank you for hosting me. It's good to be here. Yeah, thanks for your time. Frank, before we jump into that topic, uh, it would be great if you can introduce yourself as well as BlueSG. Okay, so uh, as you say, my name is Frank Vite. I, I am heading BlueSG uh, since uh, June 2017. BlueSG is a result of a contract that uh, was signed between uh, us and uh, two uh, government agencies, which are the Land Transport Authority and the Economic Development Board. Uh, we launched the service in uh, December 2017, uh, and our objective is to deploy an electric car sharing uh, service with 2,000 charging points in Singapore and 1,000 electric vehicles, uh, which will be used by uh, the public. So we launched Blue SG. Actually, the official launch was in uh, December 2017, so it's a, it's a relatively new service. Uh, and Blue SG is, um, is, belongs to the Bolloré Group, which is uh, one of the 500 largest group in the world. Uh, which is actually a conglomerate, uh, the, uh, in particular, having three main verticals. The first one being transport and logistics. The second one being communication and media. And the third one would be uh, everything uh, around technologies, in particular, uh, energy storage and uh, the, the related applications. So just in Singapore, uh, there are 1,700 people from the Bolloré Group uh, in Singapore and worldwide consolidated. It's about 80,000 people worldwide. Great. Well, it's a big company. Um, you mentioned you started uh, late 2017, so less than a year now. Uh, and I see more and more of your vehicles on Singapore's road. That's good. Um, Nevertheless, I'm pretty sure it's not that easy to start from scratch and set that up. What were your biggest hurdles and challenges on the way from when you started to today? It's, it's of course, very complicated. Uh, uh, it's, it's quite a huge challenge. Uh, the first, I mean, the, the first uh, challenge that we had to, uh, um, to, to overcome was uh, that we had to win this project. So there were 13 uh, consortiums to bid for this project, so eventually we won. Uh, but the, eventually when you, uh, when you have won and to deploy such a service, the main challenge uh, pertains to the construction of your network uh, of stations where people could, uh, could pick a car or drop a car. And because we are dealing with electric vehicles, uh, it's, uh, well, it's a massive uh, infrastructure work where we have to uh, build uh, on the on the roadside, uh, connect to the electrical grid, connect to the uh, to uh, the telecom uh, network, and get a lot of authorizations from various stakeholders. And it's a lot of administrative work. It's a lot of construction work, and this is the main challenge uh, to to overcome. Uh, and after, I mean, it's uh, also it's a challenge because you need to set up a structure with plenty of people who have never done that. So we, today we have, I like to say that we have a team of beginners 
Uh, they are all beginners uh, because nobody ever did that in the past, but this is where it's fun uh, and uh, it's quite exciting. Mm. So uh, Singapore is, of course, uh, kind of a very good city to do electric vehicles uh, because of its size. Uh, I think with one battery charge, you definitely get everywhere in the country. Um, was that one driver? I mean, c could you talk about the uh, benefits of doing that in Singapore and how would that compare to other cities? Well, um, to tell you the truth, uh, when we thought about Singapore, uh, quickly we came to the conclusion uh, within the group uh, and with my management back in France uh, that Singapore was possibly the ideal city to deploy such a, such a service. First, indeed, the size of Singapore makes it a very limited area where to operate. Uh, we all know that uh, Singapore is a very, very developed country, uh, very uh, well-structured, uh, very efficient. Uh, but on top of that, uh, where so some of them, so some of you possibly know it, uh, the cost of a vehicle in Singapore is absolutely prohibitive. This is the most expensive country in the world where to buy a car. Uh, and it's uh, like a minimum of $100,000 just to acquire, I would say, a normal basic car. Uh, so a lot of people would love to drive, but just cannot do it because of the price. So here we are proposing a, a, a service which really fits the need of the people, where it can complement a public transport uh, uh, network, which is good in Singapore, but probably not as extensive as other cities. And they can, uh, again, drive at a very affordable cost, like for a few dollars, they can, they can drive a car, like for five dollars, they can drive for 15 minutes. So it's quite convenient for them. So, uh, yeah, Singapore is good. So that's the good side of Singapore. Now there are specific challenges, which makes it to some extent harder or more, more, more difficult than, than other, other, uh, uh, places where we have operated. The first one, and possibly the main one, is that actually Singapore is not exactly a city. It's a country. And, and the, the fact of the matter is that when you talk to a city, usually you get the endorsement of the mayor and there's the main decision maker. And then after everyone reporting to the mayor, which, which means that almost everyone in the city, uh, complies. So, you have one person who has to agree on the project and to support the project, and then after, it can move very fast. In Singapore, you have, I mean, we signed the contract with two government agencies, which are the Land Transport Authority and the Economic Development Board, but we need to talk to, and we need to have the agreement and the endorsement of many other stakeholders, uh, who are typically uh, the Housing Development Board, the, U the I mean, URA, uh, but also all the members of parliament who are responsible for their constituencies every time we need to build a station. So it makes things much more complex because we need to talk to much more parties uh, than, than in, in other cities. So this is the main challenge uh, in Singapore is to get everyone aligned and, and to be able to deploy very fast for the convenience of, uh, of our users. Right. Um Many people associate electric vehicles with an environmentally friendly form of mobility. Uh, and we had in Singapore this uh, slightly controversial discussion a few years back, I think, uh, what that actually means in the context of Singapore, because Singapore has hardly any renewable 
energy generation. What is your take on that topic? It's actually a very valid point. And Singapore is the only country I know, there might be others, but at least the ones that I know, who actually consider the pollution of a vehicle not only at the vehicle, just for the vehicle, but also for the production of the electricity which was required. So that's the only country, and, and typically they are, for, for some, some vehicles, some electric vehicles, not only they don't, do not have a rebate for, uh, uh, we say, environment rebate, uh, but they have to pay more taxes because they are meant to pollute more. This is what happened, for example, for Tesla a few years back. Now, having said that, there are two types of pollution. There is the, the pollution where, where the vehicle is and in the streets. This one, at least, you totally uh, eliminate the pollution and on the street side. And people who are walking in the streets, people who are dri- I mean, driving around, do not have the exhaust pipe pollution. And, and that's very important and with the small particles Microparticles uh, which can go in, in, in your lungs, uh, that, that's very, uh, it's, it's a great benefit. But you still need to manufacture the electricity, and, but manufacturing the electricity at, at the plant uh, side is much more efficient in terms of uh, in pollution than when you manufacture energy at the vehicle uh, side. And this is where globally still the uh, electric vehicle reduce pollution definitely. Okay, a follow-up question on this. In uh, DNVDL's energy transition outlook, we are uh, forecasting a very rapid uptake of electric vehicles. Um, But if I think about this scenario, that also means we have to have a lot of batteries. And the vehicle application is very demanding with regards to charging time, with regards to response time. When you hit the pedal, you want to immediately accelerate. Uh, so these batteries at some point uh, are at their end of life. So uh, are we creating a problem there or what can we do with these batteries after they aren't good enough? Yes, it's indeed, uh, it's indeed something which has to be considered. Uh, what's going to happen with all the batteries which have to be recycled uh, at some point and uh, recycling a battery is definitely not something easy. So I'll talk a little bit about our own technology of battery because we develop our own battery. It's a specific technology which is called the lithium metal polymer, uh, so for which we we hold all the patents, and it's not lithium ion. So it's a solid state battery which has a very high performance, and this battery also has a very long lifespan. Uh, the lifespan of the battery is around uh, probably over 20 years. Uh, and so you're right. First, we use the battery uh, for uh, uh, electromobility application where the demand of performance is the highest. Uh, and we can use in a very heavy usage, uh, again, in a car sharing usage, the batteries for possibly seven, eight years. Actually, we usually replace the cars, the cars before the batteries. So we take a new car, we put the battery and we can use possibly uh, two cars, two cars body for one, for one battery. So, uh, and after that, we are going to use these batteries for another possibly almost 20 years in stationary applications. Uh, and uh, so that's the first thing which is very interesting. Now also regarding the, the performance of our battery or, or the specific elements of our battery, we do not use any rare elements. 
such as cobalt, etc., and we can recycle a large part of the lithium at the end of, of, of the, the life of the battery. So to that extent, we uh, pollute certainly much less uh, with our own battery than lithium, the current lithium-ion uh, for which it could possibly be a concern in the long run. I agree with you. Coming back to BlueSG's business and your long-term strategy, but also your vision on um, electromobility in the future. Um, what are your targets? What do you want to achieve? So we have a few uh, things that we want to achieve in Singapore. Uh, the uh, first and foremost, uh, of course, we need to make this car sharing project, electric car sharing project, a success in Singapore. Uh, so it's, there's a lot of work, but I must say that the launch and the figures, the results so far are absolutely far beyond our expectations. I mean, it's, it's twice or even three times better than what we had budgeted so far. So it starts very well, but uh, still we have a long way to go uh, to make this project a success. But uh, beyond that, again, uh, Blue SG is just like Blue Solutions, our mother company, have uh, various activities which are pertaining to electromobility uh, globally and stationary uh, applications. So uh, beyond the car sharing, we will aim at developing and in particular conduct some R&D programs with companies and research institutes in Singapore to develop new applications. It could be typically around driverless vehicle. It could be about wireless charging. It could be about a lot of different things such as big data and blockchain applications coming to the electromobility. That's, uh, that's one thing. Also developing partnerships with big industrial players for stationary applications where we store the renewable energy and power some rural areas, in particular in, uh, in Southeast Asia. Uh, and uh, coming back to my previous point, we could, in that case, use second life batteries, uh, which were used before for electromobility applications. So this is where we, we, we are aiming at. I would say that globally in Singapore and besides uh, Blue SG, we foresee and we hope that um, not only uh, Blue AG will deploy electric vehicles. As of today, just for your information, we have 65% of the uh, electric vehicles which are registered in Singapore are ours. So we hope it's going to be far less and there will be much more uh, electric vehicles in Singapore. And uh, what we foresee is that uh, besides... Um, Singapore uh, vehicles switching to, to, to EV. There are, there are very few today, but uh, we, we foresee that there should be much more. But Singapore is probably the perfect country, in particular for driverless vehicle, and there's a strong push, uh, there's a strong push from the government uh, to have this uh, driverless vehicle for the first mile, last mile application, and, and all this uh, falls into a, a global strategy of uh, Car, uh, car light country where there will be uh, as little cars as possible in Singapore. Frank, we unfortunately already come to, an, to the end of this episode, but I have one question, uh, one last question to you. You just mentioned autonomous vehicles. Now, mobility, automobility has a functional requirement, uh, uh, emotional requirement, a social requirement. Uh, now we talk about electric vehicles which are driven autonomously and I share them. Um, 
how can that compensate for the fun factor we had when we had our first Dershev war? <laughs> indeed, indeed, it is changing quite fast. It's, uh, and you know, in particular in Singapore, it's, uh, we started to discuss about this, this project in 2012, and, and of course plenty of people were opposed to us that, you know, especially in Singapore, car is a status. If you do car sharing, there's no longer the status that's not going to work. Well, car is a status in Singapore for those who can, uh, who are happy to, to uh, afford a car, which is very little, actually, 10% only of the population. Uh, so, so uh, and, and there is a shift. <clears throat> this is what we see a shift from uh, the, the, um, the importance of owning a vehicle, of driving, to um, mobility is just, uh, uh, I would say, uh, a convenience, uh, and uh, you are just, the, the, the objective is to go from point A to point B uh, without the fund, the fund st st uh, tends to decrease. Nevertheless, uh, people who have driven uh, Powerful electric cars would say that the, uh, the feeling is absolutely outstanding. The acceleration is far uh, better than I was uh, a, a combustion engine car, uh, and uh, and you need to actually you need to limit the power electronically, the torque. You need to limit the torque of a, of, of a electric car uh, because it's absolutely powerful. So, well, the fun, uh, definitely, you know, there, there, are, there are some uh, uh, sports cars and you know, the Porsche is working on it. I mean, yeah, I even heard that, uh, I think it was Ferrari, which was thinking of developing electric cars as well. I mean, uh, you know, once Ferrari develops electric car, that's going to be a big milestone. And it shows that the fun will be in, uh, in, uh, in electric cars, possibly in the future. Very good. Thank you very much, Frank, for um, these good insights into electric vehicles and the shared concept. And good luck for your operation, OSG. And to the listeners, thank you very much for listening in. This was Frank Vite, the Managing Director of BlueSG. Thank you for listening to this DNVGL Talks Energy podcast. To hear more podcasts in the series, please visit dnvgl.com slash talksenergy.